Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. Happy hump day. I'm Leslie Marshall. Like I said, Brad Bannon would be joining me this afternoon, and he's here this and next hour. Brad runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm that helps labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Brad also is a weekly blogger for EpochTimes.com. He used to write for U.S. News & World Report, and he's a lecturer at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts, a political science professor. Uh, Brad, thanks for joining me this and next hour, buddy and co-hosting appreciate it um good good afternoon happy hump day how are you uh i'm uh, really fine leslie i'm excited by the earth-shaking news that uh, ted cruz has picked for for your uh, uh a running mate so, uh, Car- carly uh, fiorina is she, is she you're so excited you're tongue-tied over her name and why are you so yeah. excited about this yeah, it's uh, just amazing. It's sort of uh, now I think it's time for me to pick a running mate, or maybe you can run for president and pick me as your running mate. <laughs> probably have as Ted Cruz does. Maybe oh, better. I think that's funny. I think that's funny. Well, yesterday there were primaries in the Northeast and uh, Super Tuesday, um, and there were um, a lot of uh, great things that took place for Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, at least. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump now. Um, have moved much closer to a general election uh, matchup. We had uh, Trump sweeping the Republican primaries in five East Coast states yesterday. Hillary Clinton winning in Pennsylvania, Maryland, Connecticut, and Delaware. Only state she lost, which is the smallest in her nation, is uh, Rhode Island, and that was to Senator Sanders. It's still only April. Um, No opponents are going anywhere, but Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both use the victory speeches to pivot towards the general election. So let's take a listen to a few things. Um, first, um, this is Hillary Clinton about restoring confidence uh, in this campaign. Cut one. Too many people feel at the mercy of forces too big for anyone to control, and they just worry that those of us in politics put our own interests ahead of the national interest. The faith that we can make things better that we can give our kids a better future than we had is at the heart of who we are as a nation. And it's one of many reasons that being American has always been such a blessing. And our campaign is about restoring people's confidence in our ability to solve problems together by delivering results that help people follow their own dreams. That's why we're setting bold, progressive goals backed up by real plans that will improve lives. Okay, Brad, um, first of all, 
Senator Sanders has said he's going all the way to July. A lot of people say when you look at the numbers, even without superdelegates, she has the, first of all, does Hillary Clinton without the superdelegates still have a sizable lead, having over 10 million people have voted for her and over a 3 million uh, person uh, a lead on Senator Sanders just in votes, uh, not talking about those pledged superdelegates? Well, yes, uh, if you just count the delegates that have been elected in primaries and caucuses, uh, she has more than 300 uh, of those than Bernie Sanders does. So she's well ahead in the pledge delegates. And when you tack on the superdelegates who are supporting her, uh, right now uh, Hillary Clinton is probably a uh, about 200 delegates short of winning the nomination, uh, which so she has about 90% of the delegates she needs to win the nomination, and she'll pick up those uh, delegates in the next few weeks. Uh, what will give her that number, California, and will she get California? I live in California, and I have to say for every Hillary sticker I see, I see a Bernie sticker. And I mean, and by the way, I hardly ever see a Trump or Cruz. It happens. It's rare. Um, a California may be blue, but there's a lot of red pockets within it. Um, so who would be uh, your, uh, who do you think is going to carry California? I think it's going to be Hillary simply because we have such a large Latino population in this state. Well, I agree, and that's the reason. Uh, Bernie Sanders has, uh, Hillary Clinton has done very well with Latino voters, uh, very well with black voters, and we've now described a good chunk of the people who vote in California Democratic primaries. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough uh, for Sanders to win California. Uh, but, uh, and the reality is Clinton doesn't, Hillary Clinton doesn't need to win it. She doesn't need to do anything. All she has to do is get 40% of the vote in the remaining primaries and show enough delegates to win the nomination. Let's talk about if she wins the nomination. I think the numbers show that she's on a clear path to that. Like you say, she's 90% the way there. Yes, um, they do. There are, there are people in different polls that show a significant number, and some people would say it's growing, depending on what poll you look at, of Senator Sanders supporters saying they'd either vote for Trump or they'd stay home, that they wouldn't support Hillary. Does Senator Sanders staying in this till July, or does Senator Sanders not starting to lay the ground for unity in the party hurt Democrats' chances of keeping the White House in November? Uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, if you look at the exit polls from the primaries, uh, yeah, there are some uh, Democrats uh, who are reluctant to vote for Hillary Clinton. Uh, but if you multiply that by two, you get the uh, number of Republicans who are reluctant to vote for Donald Trump. Okay, hold on, hold on, Brad. That's a good point. I want to hear more of what you have to say in response to my question. And I want to hear from you as well, America. we got to take a break, but we'd love for you to join us. 888 Six Leslie to call 888-653-7543. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Back after this. We're 
We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. He is Brad Bannon, and he is co-hosting today in this and uh, the next hour. We're talking about what happened yesterday in the Northeast. Uh, Trump uh, swept it, and Hillary, with the exception of Rhode Island, did as well. I was asking you before the break, uh, Brad, um, uh, to talk about the unity, and if you think that's needed in the Democratic Party, and if you feel that it's become more divided, especially as of late, when the attacks went from policies to personal, and when uh, supporters of both uh, Hillary Clinton with uh, people taking down Bernie Sanders' uh, Facebook page, and with Sanders supporters, you know, throwing money at her and posting really disgusting, vile, we, like you said, we can't repeat on air things about her online. Those are just some examples. Um, can this party be united? Many of Sanders supporters aren't Democrats. Well, yeah, there there are clearly some. Uh uh, people who voted uh, for Bernie Trump uh, who were very unhappy. Um, they're threatening for, Ber- for Bernie. Wait, wait, wait. For Bernie, Sa- for, for Bernie Sanders, right? You said Bernie yeah, Trump. Right. Okay. Yeah, excuse me. Uh, they're threatening to vote for Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate. Uh, they're threatening not to vote at all. Uh, they're threatening to write in Bernie Sanders' name. Uh, they're urging Bernie Sanders to run as a third party candidate. Uh, but. Hillary Clinton does not run in isolation. She's running against this guy named Donald Trump. Uh, and if you look at the exit Republican uh, exit polls from the Republican primaries, uh, and if you look at the people in the Republican primaries who didn't vote for Trump, uh, about forty uh, percent of them say they can't bring themselves to vote for Trump uh, in November. Uh, so yeah, Hillary has problems with Sanders supporters, and uh, uh, Trump has a lot more problems with the supporters of his, his opponents. Okay, let's listen to Trump. Um, this is uh, last night his victory speech, and you got to give it to the guy that you know he 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 swept it. It was going to be predicted to be a big win for him that he would do well in the Northeast, and he certainly did. This is Donald Trump in his uh, part of his victory speech last night. Cut two. One of your aides recently suggested that you were playing a part and that your public persona would no, change. No, I am me. You know, it's interesting, Sarah. Uh, I hear that, you know, he'll be presidential, he'll be not presidential, he'll do this. It's very easy to be presidential. Much, by the way, much easier, but I'm not playing a part. Look, I started off with 17. I'm down now. I'm winning it. It's over. It, it, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. These two guys cannot win. But There's no path. So why would I change? You, you know, if you have change? a football team and you're winning... And then you get to the uh, Super Bowl, you don't change your quarterback, right? So I'm not changing. In a general election instead of a Republican primary, will you I think we're going to do great in the general. Well, I may act differently, but my thought process is the same. You know, when I speak to a group of 10 people in a conference room, I'm not going to be speaking the same way I spoke in Pennsylvania yesterday to 25,000 people. Mm -hmm. It's a very different thing. But I'll be saying very similar things. Yes, go ahead. Well, as you, to kind of follow up on that point to some extent, as you shift your focus, say, tomorrow to this uh, foreign policy speech. I'm doing a foreign giving, policy right, speech. It's a more formal setting and yeah, which uh, I look forward a more to. serious topic. Do you, are you concerned to some extent that you lose your more enthusiastic long-term supporters who supported you because well, you were? Well, it's an interesting question. I've had many, many people write in, tweet in, modern way of writing, but write in, tweet in, call in. Please don't change. Please don't change. Just stay the way you are. So, look, I'm not changing. You know, I went to the best schools. I'm like a very smart person. I'm going to represent our country with dignity and very well. I don't want to really change my personality. I think, you know, it got me here. 
I've had 55,000 negative ads against me. When I ran in Florida, I had 14,000 negative ads, millions and millions of dollars, and I won in a landslide. I've had negative ads all throughout, and I've won races in a landslide, okay? In a landslide. You know it. You report it. You all report it. I'm not — even Carl would agree to that, right? I mean, landslides. And yet I have this tremendous amount of — you almost say, do ads mean anything? I think we're going to hurt the uh, industry pretty much, because people are going to say, what does an ad mean? But I've had — now, largely the ads were false, a little truth to some of them, perhaps, but largely false. But I had 55,000. A hundred million and even more negative ads. Even in New Hampshire, I mean, Jeb spent millions and millions of dollars of, on negative ads, and I won New Hampshire so in a landslide. No, no. But now, what's happening is most of these people that have been fighting me are gone. And when I'm one on one with Hillary, she will be, as I said, easier to take down, much easier to beat than the people, many of the people that I've already beaten. Okay, Brad, you know, let's talk about a a few things here. One, Donald Trump hires someone to advise him. This guy talks about what he's advising. Donald Trump goes ballistic. First of all, I don't understand. To me, this is a sign of things to come in a Trump presidency. If you you can't play nice with people on your team and you can't play nice with anyone at all, that's going to be a problem when you have a Congress, when you have a Pentagon, and when you have leaders of other nations in an international community. So when, you know, when people say, you know, who is the real Trump, Trump even, and and, and forgive me, I'm going to paraphrase entirely here, but Trump in the past said he can be whoever he wants to be, whoever we want him to be. I mean, he's been very clear about that. I mean, he is a BSer, but I do think that who he is is who we're seeing which is frightening, I think, for the American people, for the processes, and even more so perhaps of the Republican Party. Well, yeah. Uh, obviously, Trump's style, which is basically to break all the rules in American politics and say whatever he happens to be thinking that moment, which may be radically different from what he was thinking an hour ago, uh, you know, there is a certain element, a large element in the Republican Party who loves that stuff. The problem is that once you get out of the Republican Party to win a presidential election, uh, you have to start winning uh, moderates and independents. And I don't think this act will play well uh, with moderates and independents. Uh, they want, they, tr- if you look at Trump's national numbers, he is very unpopular. Not surprisingly, he's very unpopular with Democrats. We all know that. But he's also very unpopular with independents. And I think he's so unpopular with independents uh, because he scares the hell out of a lot of people. Uh, people imagining him uh, having control over a nuclear weapons arsenal, uh, and they say, no, I don't think so. Uh, because he's so wildly unpredictable, uh, I just think, you know, your average independent voter is scared to death of him being president, and that's why he never will be. Well, I hope you're right there, but let's uh, talk about uh, numbers and let's listen uh, to more. Um, one of the things that, you know, we heard yesterday, obviously, was from uh, Senator Sanders. And Senator Sanders talks about um, a national percentage. 
And he is correct when you look at real clear politics, which shows him beating Trump or Cruz by a larger margin than Hillary Clinton. Let's listen to him and then we'll talk about this. This is cut four. And here is Senator Sanders on the lead that he has over Trump uh, versus Hillary. When we began this campaign just about a year ago, we started with no political organization. We started with no money. And we had no name recognition outside of Vermont. And when we began this campaign, we were about 3% in the national polls. We were about 60 points behind Secretary Clinton. Well, a lot has happened in the last year. What is also extremely important, if the Democratic Party is to look at which candidate is the candidate to defeat Donald Trump or any other Republican. What we are seeing on national polls, which have us 15, 20 points ahead of Donald Trump, far more than Secretary Clinton. Okay, so let's talk about this. I know polls, and I know Michigan polls were wrong. Why do you think the polls show this? And do you think it's because of a lot of millennials, uh, because a lot of these polls now, you know, are online, and millennials are, you know, definitely largest supporters of uh, of any out of any of the candidates, uh, numbers wise, Senator Sanders. But I, 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 Brad, I don't buy that Bernie would do better. Not just because I like Hillary and I'm supporting Hillary. And, and this is why. Let me just be very specific. The reason I feel Hillary Clinton would fare better against Donald Trump, since he looks like he will be the nominee, um, is that, like you said, half of Republicans may support him, half don't. And Senator Sanders is to the left of Hillary. So if they're, if they're not going to stay home, but they're not going to vote for Trump, she's more palatable because she's closer to moderate, which speaks to the moderates which speaks to Republicans that don't like Trump and which speaks to people who don't like extreme right, like evangelicals with Ted Cruz or extreme left, um, you know, like, 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 you know, people who support Senator Sanders and some of the issues that he supports. Um, it, and so I feel Hillary would do much better in a general election as opposed to Donald Trump. The polls don't agree with me. Why do you think that is? Because Senator Sanders is correct with what he says regarding the polls right now. But why do you, why do you think that is? I don't buy those numbers simply when you look at the demographics of who voted in the last general election and when you look at how many more individuals are not aligning themselves with the party. Now, remember, Donald Trump you know, is running as a Republican, but he's not viewed as somebody in a party, much like Senator Sanders, who is an independent a democratic socialist running as a Democrat. Um, but the young people, even, that like Senator Sanders, they're not going to vote for a guy that wants to build a wall around this country. They're not going to vote for a guy that demonizes parenthood, depending on the day. They're not going to vote for a guy who's going to put a ban on any people of any religion. And not to mention, fastest growing segment of this population, Hispanics, and what has been said about their their parents or grandparents uh, coming to this country. By the way, whether legally or otherwise, when he said Mexico doesn't send us their best, uh, that, you know, the people that came here from Mexico aren't all illegal. (laughs) And not all the 11 plus million undocumented workers um, came here 
uh, through the back door either. Uh, so, Brad, speak to that. Well, uh the question of the polls is an interesting one. I mean, Sanders, Sanders is right. Uh, where Hillary Clinton may be beating Donald Trump by 10 points, uh, Senator Sanders may be beating him by 15 to 20. The reason that is, I think, is because if you looked over uh, the news videos for the last two years, uh, Republicans have been beating the living crap um, out of Hillary Clinton. They rarely even mention Bernie Sanders' name. Uh, and, you know, she's taken a real pounding in the last two years. Uh, and I think that's why uh, Senator Sanders does better. Uh, I would argue that uh, – if Senator Sanders was going to be the nominee, all of a sudden the Republicans would train their all their fire on her on him, which they've been directing about ninety percent of it at Hillary Clinton. Uh, so you know, uh, my guess is that uh, uh, things will change for Bernie Sanders if, well, in the odd chance he might be the nominee, uh, because the Republicans will give up uh, focusing on beating up Hillary Clinton and focus on beating up him. Okay, Uh, we have some other cuts that I want to share, and this plays in so well. Barbara Streisand, who is a Hillary Clinton supporter, uh, tweeted uh, on March 28th, What's the issue about Secretary Hillary Clinton getting $225,000 a speech when President Bush, 41 and 43, got a million, Trump, $1.25 million? Okay for men, but not for women? Now, some people would say that individuals play the women women card when they are women. Donald Trump feels that Hillary Clinton does this. Uh, let's listen to this uh, about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. This is on the woman card comment, and you and I are going to comment on the woman card. Cut three. Well, I think the only card she has is the woman's card. She's got nothing else going. Now, the other day, Mr. Trump accused me of playing the, quote, woman card. And frankly... If Hillary Clinton were a man, I don't think she'd get 5% of the vote. The only thing she's got going is the woman's card. Well, if fighting for women's health care and paid family leave and equal pay is playing the woman card, then deal me in. And the beautiful thing is women don't like her, okay? And look how well I did with women tonight, okay? So instead of letting them take us backwards, we want America to be in the future business. Okay, quickly, Brad, because then we got to take a break, go to Talk Media News, and we're going to talk more about this. She is a woman. It is relevant, very relevant. Um, And like she said, playing that card because she's on the right side of women's issues, and this is a man who's been very negative uh, toward women. Your take on this woman card thing. And by the way, if she was a man, she'd do better than she's done with over 10 million votes. Yeah, I very, very right quickly, Brad. That. And how do you not play the woman card when you're a woman? I mean, Donald Trump plays the man card all the time. You know, big macho guy who has big hands. Uh, so he plays the <laughs> male card all the time. Why can't Hillary Clinton? Hillary Clinton is a woman. Yes, and we're going to talk. She spent a lot of her career fighting for rights for women. Absolutely. Uh, and something Americans uh, admire about her. Right. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back in this hour. It'll be me 
It'll be you and our buddy Brad Bannon. He runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. He's also a weekly blogger for EpicTimes.com. Formerly, he wrote for U.S. News & World Report. And he is a poli-sci lecturer at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts. More than a pleasure to have Brad Bannon back in the house. Hey, Brad, good afternoon. Thanks for rejoining us in this hour as well. Always a pleasure, Leslie. And for those of you holding, we're going to get to your calls. If not, we want to hear from you, your opinions, your comments, your questions, your concerns. We talked last hour about the results, and we'll talk more of yesterday. Donald Trump swept it, five out of five. Hillary Clinton, four out of five. Rhode Island goes to Senator Sanders. Hillary Clinton talked about her campaign restoring confidence, and we talked about her being 90% there, 90% to her goal, and those who support her like I do, of being the Democratic nominee. Donald Trump says he shouldn't change because he's winning. He says Hillary is easier to beat than the others. What do you think about that? 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. And of course, you heard Donald Trump's woman card comment. He said the only thing Hillary Clinton has going for her is that she's a woman. Hillary Clinton talked about woman's issues and said, deal her in. I love that. And also, uh, Donald Trump said if she were a man, she wouldn't even be in this race. She'd only have 5% support. And I strongly disagree. I think she'd have a hell of a lot more support. Because I think there are people left and right who don't like her because she's a she. And I think there are a lot of people who don't like and are fearful of, whether subconscious or otherwise, strong, intelligent women. Being a strong, intelligent woman, I know a thing or two about that. Also, we talked about Senator Sanders and how he discussed a bigger lead in the polls over Trump and Cruz than Hillary has. And whether or not those polls seem very, very accurate. And this afternoon, Ted Cruz chose Carly Fiorina as his vice presidential running mate. But a lot of people say, running for what? He is nowhere near the number needed to be the Republican nominee. Uh, We have so many things to talk about, and we want to talk about them with you here on the only True Democracy in Talk Radio. 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 to call us. And to tweet, follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Okay, uh, Brad, um, Ted Cruz, John Kasich. Uh, A lot of people would even ask, why is is John Kasich still in? Or is it because John Kasich's supporters are too far left of Ted Cruz that they might actually go to Trump or stay home and, you know, it would just kind of like be a cancellation thing? I mean, clearly Ted Cruz isn't running for the nomination because he knows he can't get the numbers. He's running because if he can't beat him, try to block him, right? And he's tr- hoping for a contested convention. Yeah, that's exactly why Kasich and, uh, and Cruz are hanging around. They can't possibly uh, catch up. Trump delegates. And, you know, I think it's important to remember now, after his big win in New York and in the five states yesterday, Donald Trump is now on track of getting a majority of the delegates in Cleveland that he needs to win the nomination. Uh, if he keeps uh, 
getting you know 50% of the delegates from here on in, uh, he's going to have enough votes to uh, get a first ballot convention victory. So Senator Cruz and Kasich, they're just hanging around hoping uh, that Trump doesn't get to that level, uh, so there'll be a contested convention, and, you know, either of them, who knows, lightning may strike. But the problem is, there's less chance that's going to happen now because Trump is definitely in the driver's seat now, and he has uh, he will, if he keeps going at the present rate, he will have enough delegates to win the Republican nomination in Cleveland on the first ballot. Okay, we have some audio. We played a lot of it in the first hour. Um, let's play some more here in the second hour. Um, this is, by the way, Ted Cruz. Uh, this is him talking about Trump's likelihood to win some states because, you know, obviously. Uh, Cruz got nothing last night. Here's Ted Cruz, cut five. Tonight, Donald Trump is expected to have a good night. You know, tonight, Donald Trump is expected to have a good night. Donald Trump is likely to win some states, and the media is going to have heart palpitations this evening. They're going to be excited, oh so very excited, at Donald Trump's victories. And the media is going to say, the race is over. The media is going to say, Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. Now, if you find yourself wondering why the media is so eager to have Donald as the Republican nominee, you don't have to look any further than today's USA Today front page. Forty percent of GOP doubt they'd vote for Trump. Forty percent. Now, I want you to think for a second. The network executives, are they Democrats or are they Republicans? Every one of them are ready for Hillary. And Donald Trump is the one man on earth Hillary Clinton can beat in a general election. And so the media has told us the candidates in this race, the Republican and Democrat, they're both going to be New York liberals. But I got good news for you. Tonight, this campaign moves back to more favorable terrain. I had to laugh. I won't mention names, but I do know one network head that does not like Hillary is not a Democrat, is not supporting her. No names. Uh, but, any, but anyway, uh, uh, Brad, uh, hey, look, I got to say, the guy in the background was like, no, you know, at one point in the audio. It did kill me. And that's what it's about. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's really just a rally over nothing, a rally over losing, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, let's put – Let's look at last night. Barely anybody in four states last night voted for Ted Cruz in the Republican primaries. Uh, Donald Trump won all of them. Uh, John Kasich came in second in four of them. Uh, you know, in those in four states except for Maryland, uh, Cruz didn't 
basically get any votes. And he's tick- and the reason he's picking his VP today uh, is because he knew that last night was going to be disaster for him. So he's trying to uh, get a good press story in by staging this event in Indianapolis where the next primary is going to occur. Uh, and, you know, the other thing about, you know, again, Right now, uh, you know, John Kasich came in second in four of the five states, and John Kasich doesn't even have a campaign anymore because he's run out of money, and he still couldn't beat John Kasich. So, you know, congratulations on picking your VP. Uh, Make sure you get video of it because it's not going to last long. Okay. Uh, let's take some calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Michael in the Bronx on line one. Uh, Michael, uh, you have some comments about what happened last night in the Northeast. I know you're in the Bronx, and even though your state was already uh, had the primary prior to this, um, what what are your comments as a, uh, based on the results from last night? Well, from what I've seen, and I've and I also got a problem with Trump's comment about the woman car. I'll address that in a moment. But from what I've seen, you know, mathematically speaking, I don't see any kind of victory path for Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side and for the other Republican contenders, you know, on the Republican side. So would this pretty much be like a wrap in terms of um, in terms of competing for delegates? I mean, if they want to keep um, campaigning, I would say pretty much like say for outside Democratic side, Bernie Sanders should be campaigning with Hillary nowadays because like Hillary said, they both pretty much share the same issues and concerns when it comes to this nation. So rather than competing against each other, start competing with the front runner. And as far as Donald Trump goes, um, Mr. Trump, Cut the godforsaken crap already. There's no way in hell you do better with women because you've been degrading women. And I need to remind everybody something with regarding of this bogus women's card. Go back eight years ago when it was Barack Obama versus John McCain, and we all heard the talking point that um, running mate Sarah Palin from McCain was a heartbeat away from becoming president. Remember the National Organization for Women, the largest lean feminist um, organization in this nation. Who did they endorse for um, president? And the reason being is because this particular candidate had more um, respect for women and women's rights than the other person. And they endorsed Barack Obama. They did not endorse Sarah Palin, who's also a woman, but did not have respect for women or women's rights. So it goes down to the heart and the character, and I'm sure that is why Hillary Clinton is doing a hell of a lot better than Donald Trump. The rhetoric and the te- the rhetoric and the um, video and the audio is all evidence. Okay, Brad. Uh, well, let, let me say something about Michael's first point. Uh, a lot of people missed it, uh, but last night Bernie Sanders gave a concession speech. Uh, he said at one point in the speech, I'm staying in the race uh, to gain as many delegates as I can uh, to influence the party platform. He did not say, I'm staying in the race to get enough delegates to win the nomination. Uh, Michael's right. There's no path 
to Sanders winning the nomination, and Bernie Sanders admitted that last night in a national speech. Uh, so, uh, you know, Sanders it will be in uh, all the way through because he's now playing uh, to influence the, now that he's not going to be the nominee, he wants the input on the party platform. And he that's what he said last night. He gave basically a concession speech. Um, so, uh, you know, I, you know, again, we have the same problem we discussed in the first hour. Yeah, there are some Dem- Sanders Democrats who are unhappy um, about Hillary Clinton, but for every one uh, unhappy Bernie Sanders supporter, uh, there are two uh, unhappy Republicans who did not vote for Donald Trump. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to be desertions on both sides, but the desertion rate's going to be a lot higher on the Republican side than it is the Democratic side. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. We want to hear from you at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. What's your take on what happened last night? 888-6LESLIE. Are Trump and Clinton going to be the Democratic and the Republican nominees for president? 888-6LESLIE. If so, who do you vote for if they're not your candidate? Maybe you're a Cruz person, a Kasich person, or a Sanders person. What do you do? Who do you vote for? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Will Cruz be successful at blocking Trump? And will there be a contested convention with the Republicans? Or do you think, no, the fat lady has entered the room and she's walking to the stage? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. On the left, Senator Sanders has talked of a brokered convention, a contested convention. Is that what will happen with the Democrats? Or no way, because Hillary's 90% the way uh, to that nomination for the Democrats. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Also, should Senator Sanders start to show his and speak of his support for Hillary and speak to his supporters about backing her to unite the Democratic Party, 8886-LESLIE? And without unity, are the Democrats less likely to keep the White House and more likely for us, God forbid, to be saying President Donald Trump? 8886-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Ted Cruz picked Carly Fiorina as a running mate. Did you laugh? Not because of who it is, but who picks a running mate when you got no platform to run on? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And the biggie. Hillary Clinton and the woman card. Donald Trump said if Hillary were a man, she wouldn't do as well. I think she'd do better. What do you think? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And does Donald Trump show his sexism by even saying that? That all she's got is being a woman. When clearly she has accomplishments that not only rival, but Trump his, if you will. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Talk to me and Brad Bannon right after this. Your calls, your tweets. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall and more. We'll also talk about Trump's foreign foreign policy speech. And if you saw that or heard that, Give us a buzz. Want to get your take on that as well. 888-6-LESLIE. More after this. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE.
We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. Brad Bannon is back with me, and we were talking with Michael in the Bronx on line one. Michael, go ahead and finish up your comments. Yeah, thanks, Leslie. Yeah, I was just wondering if you and Brad can comment about um, why I had responded or rebutted to Donald Trump's uh, mocking of women, the playing, trying to play the women card, and then he's one that's been negative towards women, totally disrespectful, and then there's no playing women card here because the National Organization of Women back in 2008 didn't endorse John McCain because he had Sarah Palin as a running mate. They endorsed Barack Obama because they said that he and Joe Biden have more respect for women and women's rights than, than not necessarily John McCain, but especially Sarah Palin. Well, uh, first of all, uh, Donald Trump is crazy to uh, be be beating up on women like this. If I was Donald Trump, and thank God I'm not, uh, I would focus on one thing. The kind of voter that Trump is going to have to win over, if he has any chance of winning in November, uh, is basically a married woman uh, in a uh, fairly nice suburb uh, of a big city, like, uh, you know, the main line in Philadelphia or Shaker Heights in Ohio. Those... Hold that thought, Brad. We've got to take a break. We'll be back with Brad Bannon. I'm Leslie Marshall. And your calls, if you're holding, hang tight. I asked a lot of questions. Pick up the phone and join me. I want some answers. 888-6-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Back after this. back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He is Brad Bannon. Brad, let's take some more calls. Does that sound good? Sounds great, Leslie. Awesome. Uh, let's go uh, next to Reggie in Georgia, line two, listening on Progressive Voices. Reggie. How you doing, Leslie? And happy hump day to you, Leslie, and Brad Banning also as well. Hi, uh, Reggie. How you doing, guys? Well, I would just like to reiterate what you guys have been talking about and what Michael said earlier. How, what would have what happened had Hillary Clinton said that about Donald Trump, accusing him of pulling the uh, male masculine machismic chauvinistic card. Uh, all hell would have broken loose. The whole entire earth would have opened up, and every network would have dogpiled on her for doing that, especially Fox News Network, which would have been the first to do so. But it's like he can get away with it, but she can't. You know, double standards, or double standards much, or hypocrisy much, right? I mean, why can't people be civil in these political debates, you know? and focus on the issues instead of personal attacks and insults, right? Well, I think you're right, Reggie. Uh, And, you know, it gets to a point uh, that I made uh, with Michael, is if you look at the voting behavior of women, unmarried, unmarried women vote overwhelmingly Democratic, and Donald Trump is going to get very few votes from unmarried women. Uh, the key to Donald Trump uh, is married women are much more likely to vote uh, Republican than unmarried women. And so when Trump's, uh, and, and 
Trump has to get those votes uh, of married women. And when he says stuff like this, that Hillary Clinton is playing the woman's card or she'd only get – if she was a man, she'd only get 5 percent of the vote, uh, he can't do that without antagonizing your sort of uh, independent uh, – married woman who lives in an upscale suburb in Shaker Heights, Ohio, the main line in Pennsylvania. Uh, that kills him with, the, with those voters. And if he doesn't do well with, with married women in, you know, nice suburbs uh, in big states like Ohio and uh, Pennsylvania, he's not, he's dead. Anything else, Reggie? Oh, Reggie is gone. Let's continue with the calls and let's go. This is a woman who follows me on Twitter. People uh, listen to the program. They also follow on Twitter. On line three, can, cantankerous old woman <laughs> in Wisconsin. I love your handle on Twitter. On um, that, that's, that, I like to keep it anonymous. <laughs> that, that, that's fine, cantankerous. Should we call you cantankerous or C-O-W? But that would be cow. I don't know. I think we'll, well stick with okay. cantankerous. I cows. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're there in Wisconsin. What do you have to say? I, I know that you have something regarding the woman card. You're kind of sick of the whole woman card thing or the yeah, gender no, thing. It, it, everybody has got this, oh, you know, you're a woman. You can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, I and my sister farm for years. I can fix a spreader. I can do, you know, everything men can do. If they want a job where you get equal pay, they should get a job farming because farmers get the shaft. And I don't care who's in the White House or who's in charge of Congress and the Senate. Brad? Well, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think Donald Trump is uh, in danger of losing the votes of, you know, married women uh, who typically vote Republican. And if he loses the vote, he's not getting the votes of married women. There's no way he's elected president. You know, I've suggested on the show a couple of different taglines or mottos for the Trump campaign. Uh, one goes to the machismo thing, which is uh, vote Trump. Uh, his is bigger than yours. Uh, and the other one uh, would be, uh, you know, something that uh, deals with his uh, antagonism uh, towards women. And, you know, it might be vote Trump, uh, uh, bring, you know, Go back to the uh, 19th century, vote Trump. Uh, that's basically his view of women in the 19th century. Uh, they're there for one reason, to serve men. Uh, and that's just not going to fly uh, with the female voters uh, in you know, independent, upscale suburbs that a Republican needs to win to be president. He's killing himself. You know, Brad, I want, to ta- I want to talk specifics, though. I, I had heard, uh, and I think a lot of people have heard this, um, from somebody that worked closely with Trump, he actually uh, wrote a book, and he said Trump uh, has two things he thinks of when he looks at a woman. Is she a 10, and could I F her? Uh, would I want to F her? Not kidding. Those are the two things that he looks at, you know, with a woman, um, you know, and how what a sad statement for his uh, daughters. Um, but let's talk numbers. How badly is he doing with women, and where do you think those women will go in November, honestly? Because a Republican – you know, a lot of Republicans don't like Hillary Clinton just because they don't like her last name or her husband. And for some reason, they can't separate those two in their mind. Um, so how poorly does actually Donald Trump do with women? And and I ask that because, Mark, you went to a Trump rally in Buffalo, New York, and you said there were women there. You were surprised, right, by how many women were there, correct? Yeah, um, 
I was surprised because there were a lot more than I thought there would be. There was also, you know, it, it was like a whiteout was the best way to explain it when I was there, too, though. Oh, okay. It was just like all white people inside, you know, which and if you went outside where the protests were, it was, you know, all different races, colors, sexes. Um, there were definitely more women outside than there were inside. But there was, you know, a decent amount of women inside. Probably the most disturbing thing I saw was in front of me. There was a family that had two uh, little girls that must have been like four or five years old. And, you know, it's you've seen what happens at Trump rallies. It's not the type of place I'd want my small child. Okay. No. Um, so, so, uh, so, Brad, talk to us about the numbers of women that did, did and did not support Trump. Well, the, the, the bottom line is there are a lot of women who are not going to vote for Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I, basically Trump's base is older men. Older men love Trump. Uh, maybe it's because we're cantankerous like he is. I don't know. But older men love Trump. Uh, women don't like him at all. Um, his numbers nationally are bad. With women, they are abysmal. Uh, and you just can't write off in 2012, 53% of the voters in the presidential race uh, were women. And Trump is in danger of writing, you know, most of them off. And he can't, you know, you just can't you know, piss off people, large groups of people like that, and then expect them to vote for you in November because they won't. Okay. Um, let's, uh, and Cantankerous, uh, thank you for your call. Uh, speaking of, uh, when we finish with a call, your cue to call through, 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 uh, is the number. Before we move on to Donald Trump, foreign policy, and that type of thing, uh, Brad, anything else that you want to say? About the oh, well, actually, is something else I want to ask you. How likely is it that Bernie would run as an independent? Uh, well, I think it all depends. Uh, if uh, uh, if Hillary Clinton wins, uh, basically Bernie Sanders is uh, won't have a chance to run until he's eighty something. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, oh, he and, can't. Wait, wait. He uh, can't. Yeah, Brad, can't he run as an independent? Can't he run as an independent? Or no, because he has designated himself as a Democrat. I thought he could break off and run as an independent. Well, the, the problem, yeah, in theory he could. But there's a major problem with anybody who's running as an independent, um, including Bernie Sanders. It is very, very difficult if you're not a Democratic or Republican presidential candidate to get in the ballot in a lot. Oh, okay, so, so listen to my question again. Do you think Senator Sanders will run as an independent because he does seem angry as of late that he's losing? Because in the beginning, I don't think he thought he had a chance. I think he had a statement and a passion and a mission, and I, I think he felt that perhaps even Hillary would be the nominee. I think he did better. Uh, not only then uh, experts and everyone forecasting predicted, but perhaps, you know, exceeded his own expectations. And, you know, if something's far away and you don't think you can get the prize and you get closer to it, you want it more. We've all been there, regardless of what it is, the presidency for him, uh, other things for other people. Uh, so, you know, he, he's seeing this through all the way to July, even if she, even if she has the number. Um, you know, uh, and it's very likely she'll have it before July. Like you said, she's 90 percent of the way there, if not definitely by uh, the summer. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just wondering if you think that he will, that, you know, he'll take, you know, he'll take his toys and he'll go home and, you know, run as an independent because he does have Can the I momentum. Can I jump in here? What the oh, hell well, I don't think he will. About? 
uh, and there's a very Mark, I'm sorry, are you talking to me on the air or off the air? I can't tell. Brad, go ahead. Okay. Uh, he, I'm pretty sure he, I'm almost absolutely sure he won't run as an independent, even though many of his supporters want him to. And the reason for that is I've heard him say several times in the last two months in the campaign trail uh, that he's a Democrat and uh, would support Hillary Clinton if she wins the Democratic nomination. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure there's like a hundred percent, well, ninety percent chance he wouldn't run as an independent because he said he wouldn't. Uh, and I, you know, Bernie Sanders, you got to admire him. He's a man of integrity. So if he says he's uh, not going to run against Hillary Clinton, and I've heard him say that several times, he said it uh, here on this show. Yeah, he said he said it, but he said it here on the show. But that was before um, he ran at all, and he said, you know, that, uh, uh, you, you know, I, I mean, he, he basically said, you know, I promise you, like, and he's not going to pull a Ralph Nader. Um, now, speaking of, if anybody decided to run as an independent, Donald Trump on the right, Bernie Sanders on the left as an example, getting back to your original, uh, you know, uh, beginning of response. With the way the system is right now, some people call it rigged, but the way the system is set up politically in this country especially for the presidency, without being a Democrat or Republican, it's pretty impossible because of the Electoral College and the way things are set up. It is definitely a two-party system right now, and you need to be one uh, part of one of those parties to, to really win uh, in the way the system currently operates. Agree? Oh, yeah, the system is game to make it almost impossible uh, for a person not a Democrat or Republican uh, to win. I mean, look at Congress. There are 535 members of Congress. Four, 534 of those people are either Democrats or Republicans. There's only one independent uh, in Congress, and that would be the man running for president, Bernie Sanders. And, you know, I'll give you a good example of the problems a third-party candidate would have. Uh, the state ballot requirements for getting on, on the uh, ballot, presidential ballot, as an independent are mind-bendingly difficult. Let me give you the classic example. If you're planning on running as a third party for president, get to work right now, uh, because if you want to get on the ballot in Texas, you have 12 days uh, to get 75,000 signatures from registered voters, or you're not going to be on the ballot. So whoever's running should be collecting signatures in Texas right now, because the deadline's 12 days from now. Okay, thank you, Brad. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Brad and I are going to talk about Trump's foreign policy speech. You'll hear some of it. Uh, my great producers, Marky Mark Grimaldi and Andrew Tomedy, cut up some audio uh, for you to hear in case you missed that. I'm Leslie Marshall. Pick up the phone and join us. One more segment to chat, 888-6-LESLIE-TODAY on this hump day, 888-653-7543. Don't miss it. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie Marshall and Brad Bannon. I am she. He is he. Um, let's talk about Trump's foreign policy speech. Now, a lot of the criticism of Trump 
has been uh, and and many candidates, Senator Sanders and many others that have gone bye bye and even some that are still there is uh, that the Hillary Clinton wipes the floor with everybody foreign policy. She has incredible amounts of experience uh, as former Secretary of State and the amount of uh, travels that she had and in, in international leaders she has met with and nations she's actually been to. And I think anybody knows if you see something with your own eyes, it's very different uh, than if you're just reading about what's happening on paper in a report. Uh, but Trump gave a foreign policy speech. It was with a teleprompter, and um, that... Uh, you know, some people, uh, Bob Ney was on earlier, says matters, uh, makes a difference so that he would not color outside the lines. Um, and also that he would speak to, one, an issue that he has been accused of knowing nothing about, and two, not having any specifics or substance with this issue. So um, let's listen to Donald Trump, who, of course, took the opportun- another opportunity to target Hillary Clinton in his foreign policy speech earlier today. Cut one. Clinton also refuses to say the words radical Islam even as she pushes for a massive increase in refugees coming into our country. After Secretary Clinton's failed intervention in Libya, Islamic terrorists in Benghazi took down our consulate and killed our ambassador and three brave Americans. Then, instead of taking charge that night, Hillary Clinton decided to go home and sleep. Incredible. Clinton blames it all on a video an excuse that was a total lie, proven to be absolutely a total lie. Our ambassador was murdered, and our secretary of state misled the nation. And by the way, she was not awake to take that call at 3 o'clock in the morning. And now ISIS is making millions and millions of dollars a week selling Libya oil. And you know what? We don't blockade. We don't bomb. We don't do anything about it. It's almost as if our country doesn't even know what's happening, which could be a fact and could be true. This will all change when I become president. To our friends and allies, I say America is going to be strong again. America is going to be reliable again. It's going to be a great and reliable ally again. It's going to be a friend again. We're going to finally have a coherent foreign policy based upon American interests and the shared interests of our allies. I have so much to say on this. I'm sitting (laughs) writing notes to myself on my computer, okay? Um, Brad, a few things. One, this, this idea that America isn't great really sickens me. And I don't have the American flag tattooed on my chest, but I think it's it's extremely insulting to the men and women who have fought, continue to fight, and are currently overseas. Um, and, and, you know, even though I know that, you know, he's a politician, he's got to say this stuff. There's so many things here. I'm just going to blah, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, you know, just, you know, blow it out here and then I'll let you, uh, one, it is so clear that he is writing something somebody else wrote for him, which for people that support him or don't know who they're going to vote for if it comes down to Hillary and Donald, um, is a very frightening thing. Uh, Because this would mean, much like many people felt Dick Cheney was making decisions for George W. Bush, um, that he's not capable of thinking and deciding and, and, and being knowledgeable about issues such as this for himself. One. Two, there were no specifics. I mean, what he did was he he trashed Hillary, which is, you know, we're going to hear a lot more of. 
Um, and, you know, he whoever wrote that obviously wants to press those buttons. Now, the idea that because you're secretary of state or even president that you should just be awake at three o'clock in the morning is asinine. The idea that because Hillary Clinton was asleep at 3 a.m., but by the way, folks, she then did take the call. So they woke her up. Uh, uh, you know, the idea that because she didn't take that call and because of what Ambassador Susan Rice said that Hillary Clinton misled the American people or that she was responsible for these individuals' uh, deaths when there were Republicans in Congress who did not vote for more money, for more security for all of our embassies overseas. When Ambassador Stevens himself did not want more security. It was Ambassador Stevens, not Secretary of State Clinton, that sent him from uh, Benghazi to Tripoli. And I know Tea Party people like to twist my words there. I'm not saying he brought about his death. I'm simply saying one of the greatest things about Ambassador Stevens is he didn't get his position by writing a politician a check. He was in the Foreign Service his whole life. He spent a great deal of time in Libya. He could speak Arabic. He knew the people. He knew the culture in the country. He was excited about the future for that country. And maybe prematurely, he wanted to expand from Benghazi to Tripoli. Secretary of State Clinton trusted her ambassador in that country because he knew far more about Libya than she did in that capacity. Nobody is a crystal ball. Under George W. Bush, 22 people died in embassies. Do you know any of their names? And I think it's disgusting that just because somebody's an ambassador, that their death seems to matter more than all the other embassy workers that, that you know, year after year, presidency after presidency, lose their lives in uh, the Foreign Service. Um, I, I, I could go on and on and on. Brad, your take on Donald Trump's uh, foreign policy speech today and the cut we just played. Uh, well, one, one thing minute. that Mr. Trump failed to mention in this speech is that repeatedly uh, Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, asked, begged Congress to approve more money uh, for embassy security, and the Republicans uh, killed it in Congress every time she asked. Uh, the speech itself was very strange. Part of the, He renamed a country at one point. Uh, the company that we used to know as Tanzania is now Tanzania, according to Donald Trump. Uh, and it was a strange speech because the slogan was American, America first, and that was the slogan that isolationists used in the 1930s uh, to keep the United States out of war. Yep, and what would have happened if we had completely isolated? We'd be speaking Japanese and German today, right? Brad Bannon, thank you for joining me, buddy. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back tomorrow. And a great thanks to my producers, Marky Mark Romaldi and Andrew Tomini. We'll be back manana. Hope you will as well. Have a great afternoon.